JosephPaysingAbundant.ca. Our twice daily podcast is entitled Fired Up, now on iHeartRadio, also on 36, 36 platforms. Welcome to another edition of Stolen Bases, this time with Steve Carley, the Hall of Famer of WDAE Radio in Tampa Bay, Florida. Well, Steve, the first Major League Baseball trade deadline, non-waiver trade deadline has passed, and the story is the Tampa Bay Rays trading their star pitcher, finally, David Archer, not to the Yankees, not to the Red Sox, not to the Astros, to the Pittsburgh Pirates? Yeah, yeah, Joe. Chris Archer going to the Pittsburgh Pirates is uh, is probably the one of the bigger moves to happen right at the deadline. It actually happened uh, right around 345. Uh, I actually watched Chris Archer walk into manager Kevin Cash's office and receive the news that he had been traded. Um, you're looking at uh, what they could have gotten from other teams. I think that they could have gotten maybe more prospects from other teams, but Pittsburgh was the only team that was going to give uh, the Rays uh, prospects who are big league ready. They, they actually got three pieces for Archer, uh, the first being Austin Meadows, an outfielder, uh, who is going to start at AAA, but I, I think is probably uh, going to be joining the Rays here uh, probably sometime in the middle of August, uh, talking to general manager Eric Neander today or uh, on uh, on Tuesday. He said that uh, he wanted uh, Meadows to just get familiarized with the organization and uh, and learn you know the the people and and just basically get a chance to play every day. Uh, but I think he'll be up with the big club sooner rather than later. Pitcher Tyler Glass now, who has uh, had struggles uh, as a starter, and then they and then the Pirates tried to make him a reliever. Uh, the Rays are going to bring him immediately to the big club. In fact, he is going to start Wednesday's game against the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, he's only stretched out to about 65 or 70 pitches, so they expect to get somewhere between uh, three and four innings out of him. But the, I think the plan for Glassnow is to stretch him back out to starter's length. Uh, they really like uh, what he what he brings. His uh, fastball uh, runs between 95 and 100 miles an hour, and he's got a wicked slider, much like Chris Archer. But the big thing for both of these guys is they are controllable for a long, long time. I know Chris Archer had three uh, years of controllable uh, uh, time after this year uh, at a, a little higher price point, but they get a little more. Uh, control time with Meadows and they get, uh, or with Glass now, and they get an outfield, a power hitting outfielder. And there's a player to be named later, which uh, most reports are is it's going to be another significant piece. So they actually got three pieces for Chris Archer from the Pittsburgh Pirates that can help them be competitive, not down the road, but we're talking about. Uh, All right. In uh, so in your estimation, well, who won the first trade deadline? Well, the first trade deadline, I, I think that uh, outside of uh, what happened at the immediate deadline, I think the Yankees and the Red Sox both came out uh, like gangbusters uh, with New York going out and getting Jack Britton and going uh, from uh, from Detroit, uh, from Baltimore and then getting Jay Happ from Toronto. Uh, and then the Red Sox turn around and they get Nathan Eovaldi from the Rays and they get Ian Kinsler from Los Angeles. Uh, I, uh, I certainly think that they uh, both the Yankees and the Red Sox found the pieces that they need to fit where they were struggling the most, and I certainly think 
that uh, the American League East got tougher this year uh, because of it. All right, two uh, final teams I want to touch on here on uh, Stolen Bases with Steve Carney of WDAE Radio in Tampa Bay, Florida, the Hall of Famer. Let's talk about the defending World Series champion, Houston Astros, as they picked up the closer from the Toronto Blue Jays, Roberto Osuna, but a lot of controversy here. And let's talk about uh, the Baltimore Orioles, the AAA Baltimore Orioles. Maybe it's double A. Who knows? They sold off yeah, everybody. They, yeah, they, they uh the only person that the Orioles did not uh trade off was Adam Jones, and that's because Jones has a full no trade clause and he had to approve any deal that was being sent. He said after the deadline that it was his choice. He wanted to stay in Baltimore, even though he's a free agent at the end of the year, they wanted him uh he wanted to be able to see this season out, even though it meant that uh, all of his uh, teammates uh, of any consequence all got uh, traded away. Jonathan Scope ends up being moved. Zach Britton, Brad Brock, Kevin Gossman, all of them uh, elsewhere as uh, Baltimore uh, has to sell off basically every piece it has in order to rebuild because Baltimore not only was going to be bad this year, but the way their farm system was set up, they were going to be bad for years to come unless they made uh, a bunch of drastic moves. And then you, you mentioned Roberto Osuna. You know, uh, it, with all of the controversy that had gone on with Osuna this year and being suspended because of the, uh, the domestic violence uh, allegations, and then uh, with, the, with the Blue Jays saying that Osuna was not going to pitch again this year, it looked like, uh, you know, his time was going to be up in Toronto anyway. Uh, most likely they were going to non-tender him at the end of this year and let him walk away as a free agent and get nothing for it. So instead, you, know, you end up getting Ken Giles, who uh, had a great year last year in Houston, but struggled this year. Of course, everybody remembers him as the guy who punched himself in the face uh, coming off the field against the Yankees. Norm does that all the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, uh, but, and, and he ended up getting sent down to AAA. But they got three pieces for Roberta Osuna, and I think all three of those pieces can help the Blue Jays. All right, and uh, let's close out with this. Bryce Harper was on the block. Now, uh, Washington decided to put him on the block in the last minute, the last, you know, 48 hours. Why? First of all, if they're going to put him on the block, why didn't they talk about this for two, three weeks? Second of all, what are the chances of Harper uh, staying in Washington because uh, it doesn't look good because he, he wants $300 million, and is he worth it? Well, uh, I think that you put you, you wait until the last moment to put Bryce Harper on the trade block because then that motivates teams to try and get a deal done if they really do want Bryce Harper. Now, the, the asking price for Harper was so high that nobody was going to actually uh, take the, the deal seriously. So Mike Rizzo can say – that, he, that Bryce Harper was on the trading block, but there was no way that Washington was trading Harper uh, at the deadline because nobody was going to be able to give. Really, the only, the only player that I think uh, would have been on the, on the market uh, or would have been possible for the, the Nationals to move Harper was if the Miami Marlins were willing to part with JT Realmuto because uh, Washington has struggled so much in the catching department that, that I think that they would have moved just about anybody. Uh, I think Max Scherzer was probably the only player 
that they wouldn't have moved in order to get JT Realmuto. And that includes Steven Strasburg. Uh, I think that uh, right. as for Harper re- with Harper resigning, I think that the, the relationship between Mike Rizzo and Harper's agent Scott Boris is so strong that I, I think they they do have a good shot of trying to resign uh, the outfielder. I don't know if they really want to, though. I think yeah. that uh, the number is going to be so high, and, and Boris is not going to offer uh, a hometown discount to Rizzo in order to re-sign Harper. Uh, I think that uh, that it, it is going to end up – we are going to see Bryce Harper elsewhere next year. But uh, I think that uh, it's not because of uh, a destroyed relationship between Harper and the team because of the deadline. All right, now finally, final question here. Baseball is not like uh, other leagues. They got like so many trade deadlines. Do you expect anybody to move in August? Any big? Yes, uh, I, 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 I do think there are going to be uh, players moved in August. Uh, I think the Yankees, even though they went out and got pitching, I think would be uh, would listen to offers if they uh, uh, if they put Sonny Gray through waivers. Uh, I think that uh, they would be willing to to part with him. Uh, I think that there are a couple of other uh, – you look at Matt Harvey in Cincinnati. I think that uh, the Reds tried really hard to move Matt Harvey and weren't able to. I think that Harvey would clear waivers in in August and probably uh, look for – and then the the Reds can look for a deal there. And there's a couple of guys with the New York Mets that I think could be interesting pieces for for a team looking for either some some catching help or or outfield help from the New York Mets, because I think Jose Batista and Devin Mesoraco are, other, are two other guys that could end up moving uh, in this August uh, waiver trade session. All right, Steve, uh, tell everybody how they could get a hold of you. Well, I appreciate it, Joe. You can follow me on Twitter, at Steve Carney. Uh, check me out on uh, 620 WDAE here in Tampa, which if you're uh, not in the Tampa Bay market, you can listen to both live and on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Thanks a lot, Steve. All right, thank you, Joe.